to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Watch your back, son. I'm Luke. I'm Captain Captain Janeway of the USS Voyager. Captain Captain Janeway of the USS Welcome to the greatest generation of the Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys just a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. I'm Adam Pranica. A couple of guys who are going to have heads that feel like steel drums tomorrow, because this is a Coco No-No episode. I almost forgot. Another Coco No-No? Incredible! Coco No-No? It's a hell of a combination. Drink will be gone. I think I've had enough already. This is gonna help me? The antidote! Another Coco No No? Bullshit! Bullshit! Incredible! Another Coco No No? Coco No No? Coco No No? Coco No No? More isn't better. What? I thought I was pretty clear in the slack that I wasn't going to be able to do the drinking. I've got a very important workout coming up this afternoon that I planned for. I moved up the record. I was like, hey, can we move up the record? Uh-huh. Cuz I'm going to I'm going to hop on the bike and I'm going to do a special ride with a bunch of uh my friends on the Peloton. Uh-huh. Hashtag #jim shimoda. And you're saying you can't have a couple of tiki drinks before riding a stationary bike inside? For a hot moment I thought maybe I'd like to know what that was like. But uh-huh. <laughs> But then I thought better of it and said in the Slack. I'm scrolling back through the Slack trying to find this. Oh, you put it in like parentheses in the middle of like 10 other pieces of information about different days where we would record different things? I don't know about you, Ben, but whenever I see parentheses, I read that part first. It's like math. This is insane. You can't just... <laughs> you read the parentheses first, Ben. What's that quote about the uh, about betrayal that it hurts because it's it comes from your friends, not your enemies? Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ! I have two drinks mixed. I I got out the I got out the Smuggler's Cove cocktail book. I mixed drinks. I went. I I left my house to buy ingredients for drinks. Adam, me and the rest of the viewers at home can see two beautiful tiki drinks on the table behind you. God, look at those things. I'm yeah. so envious. I chose poorly. <laughs> You're gonna work out instead of do this with me? Yeah, that was dumb. What the fuck, Adam? That was really dumb. First thing I have to drink today is a Daisy de Santiago, which is a uh, Cuban cocktail. An ounce of fresh lime juice, one and a half teaspoons of Demerara syrup, ounce of seltzer, half ounce of yellow chartreuse, and one and a half ounces of blended lightly aged rum. Garnished mm. with a mint sprig, Adam. Mm. And then, uh... I was at the grocery store and I saw young coconuts and I said, oh, perfect for a Coco No-No. I'm going to get one of those, take it home, open it up, dump out the coconut water. Maybe I'll drink that after a workout that I do after we record this, this thing that is our job. But uh, in, in its place, I will fill it with a Hotel Nacional Special cocktail, which is three or four chunks of pineapple, Three quarter ounces of fresh lime juice, half an ounce of demerara syrup. You muddle those together, then you add a half ounce of apricot liqueur. Get the natural stuff, guys. And an <laughs> ounce and a half of blended lightly aged rum. You shake that together, 
strain it over fresh ice in your coconut of choice. I, I double strained because there's so much pulp from muddling that pineapple. You don't want to strain too hard, Ben. Yeah, that's how you get a hemorrhoid. <laughs> yeah. They'll end up putting in one of those mesh screens. So I'm doing the show today. I'm doing what we rolled. I'm following the dictates of the board. I guess it's a good thing we have that rain check drop that we made one time. Ben, I am racked with guilt. <laughs> chin chin, buddy. I'll drink to that. And uh, the feeling is absolutely killing me. <laughs> Welcome to the Greatest Generation. It's a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys just a little bit embarrassed about having a Star Trek podcast. I'm Adam Pranica. What's going on here? I'm Ben Harrison. It's like, I, I feel like we've been here before. But I didn't make cocktails because we, I thought we agreed that we weren't going to do a Coco No-No. Yeah, but then, but then you killed me. You, you killed me. You made me so sad that I died. I'm Captain Captain Jingwell, the USS Voyager. Captain Captain Jingwell, the USS Voyager. Welcome to the Greatest Generation. It's a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys. Just a little bit. I feel like we've done this before. Yeah, this is. We've done this already, haven't we? I think this. Uh, I think people are picking up on on this bit. <laughs> the only way for me to correct the timeline is to probably pour myself a drink, knowing that I will be exerting myself greatly. Yeah. In uh, in just ninety minutes from now. As I said in an earlier time loop, we do have Welcome to the Greatest Generation. It's a Star Trek podcast. By okay, I gotta get this out quick because I keep dying. Uh, as I said in a previous time loop, we do have the uh, the rain check drop. I, my proposal is that you have to Coco no-no some future episode to make up for this gross miscarriage of justice i think that is a welcome to the greatest generation it's a star trek podcast by a couple of guys just a little oh this is so annoying you don't remember the parentheses where I, I explicitly stated that I couldn't do a coco nono episode but i don't remember us having a drop that calls for a rain check the we have that? <laughs> we do. We have a rain check drop. It's in wow. the folder. You know, you always drink alone. I love a rain! It's the antidote! Warriors drink. <laughs> I'm sorry if I've ended our friendship. My favorite part of this Slack thread that I've been scrolling back through is the part where you said, I don't want to compromise something that's need to do with something that's a want to do. <laughs> wow you think that's funny because it's insincere <laughs> because it is the opposite of what you wound up doing <laughs> Captain, 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 Captain.
Welcome to The Greatest Generation. It's a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys just a little bit embarrassed about having a Star Trek podcast. I'm Adam Pranica. I'm Ben Harrison. Give me mouth to mouth, dude. Give it to me right now. <laughs> We've resuscitated the Marin long enough to <laughs> make it to the episode we have today. I'm almost done with my first cocktail, you know. We've been in this Marin for so long, I've kind of uh, settled into it in a lot of ways. That's kind of the dream of any time loop for you, I bet, is is just the ability to endlessly drink. If I was on Neelix's uh, holodeck program in a time loop, I think that'd be pretty nice. Hey, here's a question. After how many drinks would you want to be time loop drunk, like permanently, <laughs> forever? Like this is this is sort of a uh, another round question based on that movie that we really like called Another Round. Yeah, yeah. They in that film thought one drink initially was the nice baseline. Right. I have a feeling that's not going to be your answer, though. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. If it's a would you rather, I don't know if I would go with drunk because like David after dentist, I don't want to think that this is forever. I think three drinks is a nice drunk. It is a nice drunk. It's good. Well, Adam, do you want to get into the episode that I came prepared to watch today and you did not? That's right. It's uh, Star Trek Voyager Season 3, Episode 16, Blood Fever. What? (laughs) Oh, man, so many people just had a panic attack. <laughs> it's Star Trek Voyager Season 3, Episode 15, Coda. Reverse course. Unless you've got something a little bigger in your torpedo tubes. I'm not turning around. <laughs> this episode starts with, uh, you know, that awkward water cooler conversation, you know, after two people have... Uh, I mean, they, they did this in TNG, right? The, the moment between Data and Yar... After they naked nowed. But it's artificial. It doesn't feel artificial. This is sort of uh, what what they're going for in this scene, right? Between Neelix and, and the captain. Captain, you were especially good last night. Thanks, Neelix. It's been a while. She had to sleep in the hydraulic fluid spot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds like there was a big sex party last night, but Tuvok is not invited to the next one. Our secret, Neelix. Oh. The comedy is in what isn't being said. <laughs> it's like jazz, baby. <laughs> I don't like Neelix sneak attacking Janeway in a corridor like this. Mm. When you're the captain, you're the biggest celebrity on the crew. Oh, yeah. Do you think Janeway ever like puts on like a trucker hat and sunglasses and a hooded sweatshirt and like just tries to go get coffee and, and not get her spot blown up? I'm not comparing us to one of the great captains in Starfleet. <laughs> But I will say, when we'll do live shows and stuff, you got to be careful when you're out in the venue, especially after doors, right? And it feels like Janeway is always in the venue after doors. That's the vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone's always going to want to ask her about something. or Right, yeah. The venues where there's no backstage yeah. bathroom, so you have to go to the bathroom in front of house and... It's not even that you like don't want to see the people. It's that it's like a little bit awkward because you're in like a headspace getting ready to go on stage. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if you only have time for that pre-show dump and one person comes up to talk to you mm-hmm. and then while you're stopped, another one comes up to talk to you. Oh, and yeah. And another and yeah. another. And so on. And so on. You know how these things go. Pretty soon you're going to be taking a half dump. Have you thought about closing the door when you do that, Adam? <laughs> Remember the venue that Rob had us play in mm. Missouri? 
yeah. or whatever. That place that, was great. No doors on those bathrooms. The backstage bathroom had like a cowboy saloon style flappy door. <laughs> so if you needed to sit to do your business, that's all anyone was seeing. Yeah. I had to deploy the very rare stand and shit maneuver there. <laughs> A high altitude deployment. <laughs> yeah, you well, saw that in uh, one of those Mission Impossible movies, right? Yeah, yeah. They had a pretty cool fight in a, in a lightning <laughs> storm on the way down. <laughs> those two turds. <laughs> We're nothing like uh, Starfleet captains, Adam, or at least one of us isn't, because one of us doesn't fulfill his commitments, and uh, that's, that's not Janeway's way. She's committed to helping Neelix keep Tuvok away from the next party wink wink nudge nudge and she's committed to being one of two senior officers that go on a away mission on a shuttlecraft outside of communications range with the ship for some reason that was how poorly tuvok behaved at this party she needs to (laughs) leave the ship man do you think that janeway and chakotay are just trying to get away in a way where they can't be bothered just like the two of them off together nobody can radio them and realize they're in the same room kind of thing i think we've talked about this quality before to like having a workplace wife or husband Mm -hmm. like often when you work in a workplace for a long time you uh form strong bonds with people where often you will like go and do things work related because like it's more fun to do those things with that person yeah with the person you enjoy the company of right or in this case it's it's not a work thing it's a we got so riled up by that sex party we were at. Now we want to go just like th- throw that energy into each other. Oh, yeah. I bet Tuvok's really good at spin the bottle. Like, I bet he just hits his target every time. Chicote mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is uh, complimenting Janeway on her performance at the sex party. Yeah. Remarking on uh, how flexible and dexterous she was. Yeah, very lithe. So bendy. <laughs> But what would Chakotay's talent be, do you think? Because Janeway throws this shit right back at him, and he's like, look, if we're going to be doing this kind of thing on the reg, yeah, it's sort of like Fight Club, right? Yeah. Like, if you want to be a participant in Voyager Club, you got to perform. <laughs> right. Come on, Chakotay. There must be some talent you have that people would enjoy. <laughs> Sounds great. I'm coming, Chakotay. It's sad. I I think this is very heteronormative, but it seems like Chakotay's only really developed the skill of throwing the hammer. (laughs) You know? Is that like making a hammer out of clay using that spinny table? Is that what that means? (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to pick up what you're putting down, but I don't get it, Ben. What is throwing the hammer? Is that is that a dick joke? Yeah, it's a sex party joke. <laughs> I don't go to many sex parties, man. I'm making really a don't. joke that Chicote is like a bull. <laughs> God. Me? Get up in front of people and perform? I don't think so. So they're talking about some of the other performances at this party. And uh, it's all innuendo, right? It's like the oboe was really solid. Maybe Chicote could like do something with accuracy at the next one. Sure. Maybe there's there's something trauma-based he could do, like having to do with like a bunch of needles and weights or something. Maybe I could phaser it off. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> Jesus. 
so they're heading down to this planet to uh, what i'm the only one interested in pain i mean i'm not i'm not trying to yuck your yum adam <laughs> it was just a surprise that you brought it up that way I've just got jackass movies on the mind. That's all. <laughs> they don't get too far down the road of this conversation before their shuttle is struck by lightning. Yeah. Which is a, a fact that comes as a surprise to me because I didn't know that they were that low into the atmosphere at this point. I thought they were just cruising around into space. Yeah, yeah. But they have started their initial descent. And unlike a commercial airliner in 2022, lightning is enough to take a shuttle to the ground. Yeah, I thought they were past this. Yeah, so it's a it's a very bumpy ride. There's gas leaking into the compartment. The respirators drop from the ceiling, and Janeway's like, those things are bullshit. Don't put them on. Chakotay's like, you want to make out or something? Feels like this is it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Chakotay whips it out and starts beating off because he wants to be happy on his way out. Yuck. God, that would be the worst. You're on a plane that's going down, and yeah. you think that maybe it'll be a bunch of sweet moments, like mm. strangers holding hands, people yeah. doing their prayers or whatever, maybe some smooches. Some fucking asshole just starts jacking it. That's not the last thing I want to see before my plane crashes into a mountain. Fuck that. Yeah. Be considerate of the people around you when you know death is imminent, okay? Hey, here's a recommendation. If you're going down on a plane and it's masks out... Mm-hmm. Put a mask on your dong. I don't want to see that. <laughs> I don't want to see that at all. Yeah. yeah, mask up. We come back from the break, and the captain is on the floor of the shuttlecraft, passed out. She kind of seems dead. Sounds great. I get to be captain. And all the yelling and shaking is not waking her up. No. That's how you know things are really bad. Yeah, Chakotay's trying to administer shots and, you know, trying to do like a Baywatch routine on her. Um, but uh, it's not looking good. The computer tells him to get the hell out of the shuttle. It's too full of gas. Hydrazine. So he's got to pick her up, like like Baywatch style, really. Yeah. He drags her to safety in a nearby canyon and uh, gets her resuscitated. I thought Kate Mulgrew did a great dead woman. <laughs> In his yeah. arms. Like, she really, like, let her head flop back in a way that looked really uncomfortable. Rarely has the breath of life felt more romantic yeah. than this. I got real Galorndon core vibes from this planet. Great call. Very uh, smoky and dark and lightning-y. You know what I like about this scene starting here is how fucked up Janeway is. Yeah. Like, Chakotay describes... You know, you're, you're probably going to be messed up in a couple of these ways. And then Janeway is like staggering and dealing with a massive pressure headache and like clearly not with it at all. And they're both bleeding out of the head. Yeah. Cranial hemorrhaging, I think, gets dropped as a thing, which sounds, sounds really bad. Yuck. It's like, I, I want to live in a world where cranial hemorrhaging is a throw a bandaid on it and get the homing beacon going. I mean, there is something that Chakotay can rub on that. It's just in the shuttle. So he goes back in there to get some supplies. Yeah. And on his way out, he notices the scorch marks on the shuttle. That wasn't lightning that hit them. It was, in fact, a phaser. Which would mean that the emergency homing beacon that Janeway turned on probably isn't a great idea if they had just been attacked. (laughs) Hey, guys, you shot us down. Here's where we are. 
Yeah, you may want to put down the mini screwdriver you were working on your comm badge with, Janeway. What the yeah. hell? Where did this come from? I don't know. Does everyone carry a mini screwdriver? Always ready to tighten up the earpieces on someone's glasses. The tricorder says that these scorch marks are Vidian. Janeway's gonna be pissed. And oh fuck, here they come. And they're all around. Like everywhere they point the tricorder, they see a cluster of Vidians coming after them. I love the pace of this scene. Yeah. The thing about a Vidian is you can't outrun them. Right. You gotta like go in zigzags. You gotta make yourself big and mm-hmm. loud. Like that's what they tell you. <laughs> you never wanna keep your guts inside the tent if you're camping near Vidians. Yeah. You wanna put them in like a cooler and then like use a rope <laughs> right. to put it up in a tree, right? So uh, into some Star Trek caves they go, which is the worst yeah. planning possible because that's where Vidians are always at. They live in caves. They live in caves with false walls. And they jump out like immediately. It looks like they want some shoulder meat from Chicote because he catches one in the shoulder and goes down. I mean, lots of people at grocery stores confuse that with Chicote butt. Right, right. It's not actually from the rump. It's it's, it's actually from the shoulder. <laughs> You said you uh, went to a local butcher and tried to get some chicote butt, but there was too much hair on it because they... <laughs> yeah. That was... Yeah, because that's how natural of a butcher this place was. Wow. Yeah. Wait till we get one in that isn't as hairy, they said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you said, All right, I'll be in next week. I didn't say I wanted a hairy butt. I said I wanted a chicote butt. Real connoisseur of chicote butt over here. <laughs> I mean, my wife just loves it. Yeah. Seems like she likes it more than she likes you, weirdly. <laughs> One of these Vidians comes and chokes out Janeway like she's Neelix in a Tuvok hologram program. (laughs) This scene is horrifying. Another, like, really upsetting Kate Mulgrew performance. Yeah, she kind of does it all this ep. She does. The music swells, and she's dead, and we cut back to the shuttle. We've seen episodes like this before. I'm thinking of cause and effect specifically. Hey, Adam, just for the folks keeping track at home that aren't watching the feed, I've finished my first tiki drink. I'm moving on to the uh, the one in the coconut. This wow. is a Hotel Nacional Special. It's delicious. Sure it is. Mmm. Wouldn't you like to be drinking a pineapple-y rum drink out of a coconut right now? You've got a very condescending... Affect right now, Ben. (laughs) I'm regretting my decisions. I can see that on your face. I mean, I've never looked at a coconut beverage that I don't have and not felt rueful about that. I feel like a coconut beverage could be a sports drink, too. Yeah, like people drink coconut water in lieu of Gatorade, you know? It's an electrolytic compound. It is not in me. It's in you. Yeah, it's in me. And that makes me upset. When I, I'm, I'm in black and white, my sweat is in color, and it's coconut water. Sometimes I dream that he is me. He's drinking coconuts when I want to be. Janeway wakes up. She, this isn't a Previa shuttle, right? It's like, it's like halfway between bunk bed and Previa. It's not the flat pack, but it's the bunk bed. Yeah, and it's not the Previ. I think it is the bunk bed shuttle. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just it's 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 slightly upgraded from the IKEA edition. It's the Sacagawea, Ben. Yeah, it is the Sac 
Sacagawea, which is a, a mispronunciation, which I learned from uh, Stuff You Should Know, our buddy, our buddies Josh and Chuck on the Stuff You Should Know podcast. Tell me how I did it wrong, Ben. Uh, well, I didn't know this either. They they did a whole uh, episode about, I think it's Sacagawea or something like that. I'm probably butchering my my correction even. It was like so different from what I'd grown up hearing. But she's a really fascinating uh, historical figure. Sacagawea is really interesting. Great take. You could make a whole podcast episode about how interesting Sacagawea was. Wait a minute. What's happening here? You remember in Cause and Effect, it took like 40 minutes for the Enterprise D crew to just barely put it together, what was going on. (laughs) I love how in the second run through, as soon as we're back on the shuttle, Janeway's like, we're being cause and affected. Yeah, yeah. There's a great, like, Detmer to Owo level take between Chakotay and Janeway as they both realize this right at the same moment. If Janeway and Chakotay had written cause and effect, it would have been a pamphlet. It would have been so fast. (laughs) I mean, part of that is that the loop is really small. Like, Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Not much time for anything to happen in this little loop. So they're like, okay, well... We got killed by Vidians when we didn't, went down to that planet, so let's just not even fuck with that planet, and let's yeah. work on figuring out what happened as far as uh, getting into this time loop. But as they're discussing this, they are set upon by a Vidian ship, they get shot, they get blowed <laughs> up, and they're back in the loop again. <laughs> this part was hilarious to me because the Vidian ship is incoming. Yeah. And you just got to cut to the exterior and show the shuttle turning right, right? Like, (laughs) a lot is made of dodging this ship. And uh, I kind of wish they didn't cut to the exterior here. (laughs) All the ship-to-ship stuff, not their strongest work in Star Trek Voyager. yeah. Yeah, I think we are firmly in the era of everything is a new CG render. But we're in that middle period where... Sometimes that's fine, and sometimes it really calls itself out and looks super, uh, super duper embarrassing in retrospect. Yeah. Coda Take Three is maybe the shortest version, and there's no dialogue at all. It's really weird. Chakotay looks at Janeway. Janeway looks at Chakotay. Chakotay looks down at his crank. Janeway looks at Chakotay and grimaces, <laughs> and then the shuttle explodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then we're right back into Coda Take 4. Yeah. This is two Vidian ships, but this time, for some reason, they're in communications range of Voyager. Barely. Right. And they call in the cavalry. They're like, hey, by, by the way, like we're getting chased by Vidians, but also there's a time anomaly, so keep your eyes peeled for that as you approach this part of space. We're going to do a tachyon pulse just to see if we can clear things out. Pretty standard, really. And uh, they do this tachyon pulse, and we watch the Vidian ships disappear. Vidians aren't even supposed to be in this part of space. I know. That's what's so weird. They must be really desperate. Yeah. They must be like, uh, like you know, you run into a starving coyote. Mm. They're like very desperate right. for food. These these Vidians are so far from home, they're, they're really desperate for them guts. You don't want a a, a a desperate yote, and you don't want a desperate Vidian, unless you're the doc, in which yeah. case, maybe that's the best romantic opportunity you're ever going to have. 
<laughs> With the coyote, I mean. He likes fucking coyotes. A Vidian is always the leftover socially. Mm. Like when people are pairing off at the party, often you'll find the Vidian is like kind of the last because few people have the patience to sort of get into what their personality might be like. It's a bit of a leap for a lot of people because of the way we've been trained by society to prioritize some pretty superficial things when a lot of Vidians are actually really great people. And really great lovers, too, because they know exactly how your organs work, <laughs> inside and out. They don't have that, uh, I, don't, I don't work with the equipment problem. <laughs> <laughs> did you have to lick your finger after you said that, Ben? I did, because I had some of my cocktail on it. Oh, yeah. I was trying to peel away some of this delicious coconut meat so I could have a little snack while we record. Delicious. Coffee black. Make it yourself. I'm trying to help you see this as an opportunity to grow. Make it yourself. Janeway and Chakotay dock the Sacagawea, which is unfortunately the way I'm going to be pronouncing it because yeah. no one has ever known how to pronounce that except for Josh and Chuck. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that we're as wrong about that as Voyager was about anything related to Native American culture. So <laughs> we have some cover from the show we're reviewing. Janeway seems fine. She starts giving orders about scanning the time loop. It seems like pretty standard stuff after experiencing a time loop. Pro forma captain that's been through a time loop orders here. Every Everything's back to normal, but we should probably check this thing out. Maybe drop a bois. Prepare a buoy and launch it when ready. Warning buoys. An emergency buoy. A warning buoy. To warn other people about the presence of a potential time loop around here, and then we'll get underway. And... After she starts giving a number of these orders, the bridge crew starts looking at her like she's fucking nuts. She says, scan the phenomenon. And BLT is like, I don't know what phenomenon you mean. And Chakotay is like, that is actually what I call it. (laughs) (laughs) Chakotay has got one of those shirts he wears in, in his off time with like an arrow pointing up that says the commander and an arrow pointing down that says the phenomenon. (laughs) To a certain extent, you can accept a weird look from Kim, Mm -hmm. a weird look from Tuvok, a weird look from that extra back there. (laughs) But when Chakotay doesn't remember the time loop he was in with you, uh, that is a very creepy feeling. You don't remember talent night? Something strange is going on here. Very humiliating. Chakotay is like, I don't remember a time loop, but I do remember you falling in love with me. And we are now married. <laughs> Husband and wife. That's you and me. You don't remember? Sounds great. Janeway's like, I'm going to have to have the doctor verify that. I'm headed down to Six Bay. Really need to find out if there's something wrong with me or something wrong with the universe. Janeway has to get into one of those gowns, and it's then when she looks in her private area and sees, like, <laughs> she got sexual phage. <laughs> Jesus. From Chakotay? Yeah. He has it too? Fucking Chakotay. Strap it up, man. Is he an asymptomatic carrier? Is that what you're implying? Where'd he pick it up? Did he and the lady that Schmollis was interested in have a little dalliance? <laughs> we know that the ship has these kind of parties. This yeah. is the cold open. Yeah. She was like, uh, I heard you can throw that hammer. A term I am now familiar with. And while EMH is my primary... Uh, <laughs> Let's just say the only pineapple here isn't the right-side-up one in my beverage. Is any of this making any sense? 
Janeway's so confused, it kind of makes you wonder if there was ever even a talent night at all, Ben. Uh, the doctor gives her some really bad news. She has phage. He's got to erect a uh, bio force field around the part of Six Bay that she's in and sedate her. And she goes to sleep for 40 hours. God, I wish I could sleep for 40 hours. Like right now, I feel like I could recharge all the batteries. Wow. Yeah. That's all I'd need. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I started to wear my uh, fitness tracker watch to bed. Yeah? Said I got eight hours and six minutes of sleep last night. That doesn't seem right. Does not feel that way. You famously uh, sleep with a a loving partner that takes over. This is something (laughs) that everyone knows. And also a dog and also a very loud nightstand. Our dog uh, does not sleep in the bedroom anymore. Hmm. He's elected to be a, a living room dog. At I think of of the two, usually in bed with you, I think that's the more disappointing one to be sleeping <laughs> in the yeah, living he, room. Huh? He never stole a sheet. He's <laughs> he's stolen zero sheets in his entire life. Uh, <laughs> Janeway's take of I know I'm in good hands is shattering to me. Like there are a couple of line reads by Kate Mulgrew in this episode that are like. 10 out of 10 best I've ever seen her do on this show. And that's one of them. Like, especially toward a character that she has sort of up until now, like taken her left. It's a really dark scene and it gets darker and darker as it goes. Right. Because once she wakes up after her 40 hours of sleeping, the doc jumps pretty quickly into euthanasia as a solution to her problem and yeah. needs to get after it pretty fast. This gas isn't going to gas itself. Right, yeah. So so he is, he is filling the volume of the uh, space behind the forest field with this gas. She's like begging for life while he just kind of regards her with zero emotion on his face. It's so ice cold of the doc. Yeah. I like that he's got this in him if he had to do it. Yeah. But I don't like that he's doing it at her. No, it's really upsetting. Uh, her security codes don't work. Like, it seems like he's already, like, arranged for command codes to be transferred to Chakotay. So when she tries to delete him, the computer refuses. So, like, in addition to being about to die, she's also professionally insulted. <laughs> That's got to suck. It's like showing up to work and realizing your uh, ID badge doesn't get you through the door. Yeah. You got to find out later. She keeps pulling it on that little retractable elastic cable. I told you that's how I was let go from a giant airplane company, right? No. The boss who made the decision was such a coward that he didn't even tell me that he wasn't renewing my contract and just allowed my badge to expire. And so when I showed up to work one day working a project that wouldn't work. And I had to ask him what the problem was <laughs> with my credentials because I couldn't get into the building I needed to get into. And he's like, oh, yeah, uh, we chose not to pick you up again. So what happened to the project? Was it just like a, like, wipe your hands off, walk away? I was in pre-production on something, and I had to tell my client that my contract hadn't been renewed and that I hoped they could find someone else to work with, and I had a couple of suggestions of who might be good for it. Wow. But I obviously had no control over the situation, and that was it. Classy move by you to even, like, take the responsibility of relaying that information. I mean, yeah, 99% of the people I worked with at that company were great, but uh, I had a lot of great managers and one bad one, like a strip club. (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyways, we're back on the shuttle, but now there's an anomaly. There's coffee in what's behind all this. Right. This kind of bothered me because I was like, if there'd been a visual anomaly outside the window before, like yeah. this would make sense. But, you know, it's it's not like it must be this anomaly that's causing this, you know. We learned something at the end that at this moment isn't suspicious, but is retroactively suspicious to me, mm-hmm. which is Janeway is like, we got to get away from this anomaly. It is right ahead. Anomaly right ahead. <laughs> And Chakotay is like, hell no, let's go in. Let's like go in faster. Yeah. Sounds great. Maybe we should go in. And Janeway's like, you're crazy. I do like that's dangerous and we shouldn't do that. And Chakotay's repeated insistence about going into it made me wonder if he was a version of the guy we meet later. I kind of think that in retrospect as well, like the we're going to try whatever we can to get you yeah. primed to, to go in. Yeah. But yeah, it's supposed to be the 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 bright light at the end of a tunnel, and mm-hmm. um, at Janeway's insistence, they try to get away from it. But in so doing, the hull breaches, and then we're down on the Galorndon core planet where Chakotay is doing mouth to mouth and CPR on Janeway's corpse. But Janeway is standing watching it. That's gotta feel weird. It's gotta feel like a violation, also. She's like a force ghost. Get your hands away from there. I wonder if you feel that thing that so many people feel about hearing their own voice. Like, if you see your own body. Yeah. If you're standing next to it, if you're just horrified by it. Right. I probably would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate my body on tape. <laughs> this time, though, uh, Chakotay's life-saving measures don't work, and she dies. I thought that uh, Robert Beltran's performance here was also really superlative. That's where I was going to go with it. Like, we've talked a lot about how great Kate Mulgrew is in this episode, but, like, no slouch is Robert Beltran, and this is the scene. Yeah. It's great. He uh, doesn't save anything for the swim back. It's got to be so hard not to go full ham here. Like, I don't know how many takes you could give me where I wouldn't unintentionally get too hammy about it. It's really real feeling. I think he is drawing on his character motivation of Chakotay wants no part of being the captain of this ship. (laughs) And this is pretty definitively going to force him into that role. He lays Janeway's body down and he starts mumbling to himself about maybe they'll believe that we were both killed in the shuttle (laughs) crash. And he starts like running into the shuttle as hard as he can, head first. (laughs) He gets a phaser and turns it up to 11. Yeah. But then he gets a word from Tuvok that the ship is in orbit and he's like, all right, we'll beam the captain directly to sick bay. And Tuvok is like, we can't do that because of the storm. But there's a shuttle on its way down, and we'll get her to Six Bay as fast as we possibly can. Six Bay has already been prepped with clip show devices. Like, it's it's a trauma center that's ready to go. And uh, so Force Ghost Janeway stands at the bedside of Janeway while they are trying to get her body back working with a clip show device. And it's not working. They, you know, they try, like, past the point of no return. They keep trying to shock her. It doesn't work. She's dead. Make a note in the log. Death occurred at 0320 hours. Here's where you really experience the greatness of Kate Mulgrew. Because she's died and you get the wide shot. 
And in this wide shot, you can't help but notice that she has fully evacuated her bowels and bladder into her uniform. She brandoed. Yeah. And she didn't just brando once. Like, she brandoed both on the slab and in the take where they have her standing. The force ghost and the corporeal body. She does it both times. It would seem to be an improbable amount of fluids here. I imagine this pitcher of iced tea is really a gallon of your feces. Really impressive. And Chakotay just staggers out of there. Like, for, for a number of reasons, he staggers out of the room. He can't take it. And non-corporeal Janeway tries to talk to the computer, tries to talk to Kess, tries to get in, the, in Kess's way to, to get Kess to notice her. Yeah. Like, she's, she's desperate here to be noticed. Yeah, she kind of hits on Kess being the person that she's going to try to get the attention of because Kess has superhuman abilities. So she follows Kess out into the hallway. And uh, I love the effect of seeing her like ghost through the the sliding door as it closes. Yeah. Like you can kind of get the feeling that she didn't notice that the door closed on her at this moment. She doesn't know that she can walk through walls yet. But she goes and stands in front of Kess, and when Kess passes through her body, Kess does get a little glimmer of, maybe the captain is here. They really turn this moment up to 11 because it's like the the ghost train driving through Winston Zedmore and Ghostbusters 2, like <laughs> amount of wind and screaming yeah. and and so forth. Yeah. It's a lot. So Kess is screaming. really traumatized by this. The most screaming of any Voyager episode. <laughs> It triggers a McLaughlin group. Issue one. Of uh, maybe the captain's not really dead. Maybe she's Geordie and Roe Larening. Right. And she's here in subspace or something, and we need to, like, detect and bring her back into the corporeal world. Janeway gets to attend this meeting while not being invited. I don't know. I'm not going to any optional meetings. Right. Yeah. Tell you that much, especially if I'm dead. Yeah, but if it was a meeting where it was a discussion of you and they they didn't know that you were listening in on oh i definitely want to go to that meeting yeah 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 chakotay for once has a real zest for leadership i mean it's a zest for leadership and that is couched in the idea that he is going to be not in leadership once they find the captain's non-corporeal form yeah i mean if he stays captain much longer he's definitely going to blow up the ship and he knows exactly how too He's like mumbling to himself in this McLaughlin group. I'm going to blow up the ship. <laughs> I know all the codes. But first, I'm going to put these four pips on my collar. <laughs> I like the sound they make when they click in. One, two, three, four. This is a fun bit of business because Janeway gets to see the crew, how they are without her presence. And so I think she's kind of impressed with how they they perform during the McLaughlin group and when she's in engineering afterwards, like how everyone's working to solve this problem. It's impressive. Even without the watchful eye of the captain in the room. Yeah. And as uh, she's watching this, an anomaly opens up in engineering and in walks Admiral Janeway. I've got to get that platinum, get that rolled enlargement. <laughs> A good time so often has a downside, doesn't it? Especially when it comes to stuff that you put in your birdie. 
We've all been hungover before. I mean, many of us have, I guess. Or we've had too much jazz in our gummy. And that sucks, right? Because you don't think about the time after the good time that you've been trying to have a good time. That's why I like Lumi Labs so much. It's the predictability. Through painstaking trial and error, I have found my perfect dose. It's what I can depend on when I can use a little more chill, a little help getting into a creative headspace, and I don't need to have too much fun doing whatever it is I need to be doing. And I'm so glad that Microdose is available nationwide. That means just about anyone can try it. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use the code SCARVES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's microdose.com and the code is SCARVES. One of the amazing things about making The Greatest Generation is getting to see all of the cool, creative stuff that the Friends of DeSoto make when we do a Code 47 episode. People send in handcrafted stuff all the time, and they send in their books, they send in paintings, they send in uh, crochet work. It's so cool. And uh, I want a few more of you to have websites to direct us to in those letters. I want you to put your beautiful work on display for the world so that when we get to look at it, we can tell people where to go to get a look at it themselves. And you don't have to know anything about building a website to build a website these days because you can use Squarespace. It'll look beautiful no matter what kind of device people are looking at it on. Hell, you can even sell stuff using a Squarespace website. Don't make your cool, creative project captain's eyes only. Head to squarespace.com slash scarves for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Admiral Daddy is wearing a uniform that doesn't quite look like a TNG era uniform. Doesn't really look like any uniform we've seen before. There's like some gussets in the back. I feel like they always, like, whenever they have an opportunity to redesign the Admiral uniform, they take it. (laughs) You know? I'm pretty sure, like, 
Star Trek is a great collector of its own trivia, yeah. but no one has ever counted up the number of different Admiral uniforms <laughs> there have been on this show. It's incalculable. Yeah, the memory alpha page on that actually broke. It was like too complicated for the database. You think it's 404 different versions? No, the, the, that's just the 404 page yeah. on memory alpha. <laughs> we learned a couple of things about this guy. Yeah. This guy is presenting himself as Janeway's dad, a dad who is supposed to be dead because he died while swimming under an ice cap. Like Ooh. all great dads, <laughs> just taking a vacation swimming under ice caps. Gives new meaning to the name Dadmiral, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, obviously he's an older fellow because he's presenting as as Janeway's dad. There's something about an older person wearing a uniform like this without any kind of suggestion of an undershirt or a, or a collar. It yeah. just looks uncomfortable. Whenever you, you punch in on Admiral Daddy, like my eyes fall to his neckline and how fucking awful that's got to be to wear that uniform without any sort of turtle or something, you know? There's no collar and unlike the Voyager uniforms, this is like the TNG style of collar. So like Janeway has a, a nice cotton mock turtleneck on. I think you got to get like a like a mandarin neck under there or something, anything. That won't work. Why not? Obviously Janeway is not believing this yeah. guy's story, but uh, time and time again, he answers all of the challenge questions. Yeah, she's like, tell me something only only my dad and I would know. And he says like the story of his death and she's like, well, if you're reading my mind, you would know that. Yeah. <laughs> not impressed. I'll tell you how you'll believe that it's me. When I died, you became very sad. Very, <laughs> very sad. She's like, that's pretty much most people with the passing of a parent. Not a pranica, but <laughs> most people. <laughs> so she's, she basically recommits to trying to talk her into, like, come with me. Like, you're in the afterlife. You're dead. I'm, I'm here as a familiar face to induct you into the post-living world. And uh, it's, you're going to love it. It's, it's fucking great. Like, I hate being here right now. Just, like, that I have to do this task to recruit you to come back with me, it is agonizing. It sucks. <laughs> you want to know what the worst part of my day is? Getting people like you to follow me back into the Matrix, which is awesome. <laughs> but she's not going to go that easily. She's really committed to letting the crew see if they can find her, see if they can phase her back into existence and... Uh, he's like, all right, well, they're going to give up eventually. So uh, you you do you. You let them work the problem. And uh, eventually you're going to come begging. And so Janeway goes down to Tuvok and Kess's seance where Tuvok has gone to a both hands mind meld with Kess. And they're trying to like amplify their mutual powers to find Captain Janeway on the ship. Yeah. You want to be careful going two handed. Yeah. It can rest the pipes. If you're not careful. It can get really intense. This is an intense scene because they're so hopeful in the beginning of getting some sort of sign that Janeway is there. And it's just not only empty, but utterly empty. Ship is uh, just a tin can and, and Tuvok is trying to encourage Kess to 
you know, silence everything but her presence and Captain Janeway's presence. All Cass can hear is the sound Neelix makes when he gets his feet rubbed. Like, and there's no <laughs> amount of mental acuity that can black that out. That's yeah. just something you get to deal with when you're meditating on Voyager. Not enough Lexapro in the world to knock <laughs> down that voice in her head. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting moment like the tension for me in the scene was Kess detected Janeway when their bodies like crossed through the same space so why yeah. isn't Janeway going like waving her hand in Kess's head going I'm right here I'm right here this scene was supposed to have so much meaning but I also felt so frustrated by it because Tuvok asks Kess like can you hear her voice and Janeway's in the scene not saying anything yeah Speak up, Janeway. Let her know yeah. you're here. I know what they were going for with this scene, but it just didn't work because I, if you're Janeway, I think you need to try to get their attention yeah. in, a way, in the way that she tried previously. In a way that like Ro, Laren, and Jordy tried several yeah. times when they phased out, right? Such is their failure in this seance that they're ready to call it like time of... Spooky death is now. <laughs> Tuvok's got to record his post-seance log, which is kind of a eulogy. Yeah. He, he records that log, and then, like, you see Harry Kim walking by in the hallway outside, and he overhears Tuvok describing Captain Janeway as a friend. And he, like, barges into the room, and he's like, oh, so she's your friend? You said you didn't have friends. I thought I told you to stay away from Captain Janeway, Tuvok. <laughs> and you did it again. You fucked me! You fucked me, Tuvok! <laughs> this isn't the only eulogy we hear this episode. We hear a bunch more the next day, which yeah. is when the event takes place. And, God, I was so sad that this happens in the mess hall. <laughs> like, it made me wonder if Starfleet banned memorial services happening in torpedo rooms after what happened to spock right like they just don't even want to get close to a genesis situation <laughs> like we're gonna do these in the mess hall yeah it's a real albert brooks situation for janeway she gets mm -hmm. to hear some really nice words from everyone nice words from blt and ensign kim I thought for sure in this moment that this bosun, the guy that blows the whistle, was going to wind up being significant to the plot because he's like standing in the foreground of the shot as though he is an important character and then does a significant thing in the scene blowing this whistle. And I was like, oh, who's this weird guy? Is he the Commander Macduff of the episode? Uh -huh. Like, what's going to happen with him? Like, as soon as he blows the whistle, the screen falls apart. <laughs> it's revealed to be a Romulan plot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I joked earlier about the torpedo room scene in Wrath of Khan, but Kate Mulgrew's take here during Kim's eulogy choked me up, man. Yeah. That was powerful stuff. That was all the way for her as an actor. Uh, right on down to, like, training the tear to drop at the perfect time. It was awesome to watch. Yeah. I was personally a little distracted because I wanted to know whose torpedo it was that they shot her body out in. It didn't yeah. show. It didn't show if it was Mark or, <laughs> you know, Catherine or... Her husband isn't a part of Starfleet, and it's tragic that he won't ever be shot out into a torpedo bearing his name, right? <laughs> yeah. She kept her given surname. She didn't want to become Captain Iv. 
Like when the Janeway family dog dies, even the dog's torpedo has its name on it. (laughs) (laughs) But not Tom Mervin's. (laughs) So when Janeway's body is released into space, that's how you know that it's time for the buffet to be served. Yeah. And this is the moment Admiral Daddy reappears to tell Janeway, well... That about wraps it up. That's about all anyone can do post-death before hopping into the old Matrix. So uh, if you'll just come with me. Bright light, head on into it. Apply bright light directly to head. (laughs) Apply directly to the forehead. And she's like, why are you so single-minded? Why the focus exclusively on the idea of me deciding to walk into the light at the exclusion of everything else? Admiral Daddy's like, you don't really want to stick around for whatever Neelix made, right? I mean, I thought that would be obvious. We should probably leave before food. It becomes agonizing. I don't want that to happen to you. And she's like, my father would never spare me unnecessary pain. My father would never skip an open bar and buffet situation either. (laughs) And he's like, no, like being dead rules. Come with me. It's fucking great. I know that's hard to believe because I'm here and for some reason not really enjoying all the splendor that I'm describing to you because I'm on this fucking recruiting trip. Yeah. But I got to tell you, right over my shoulder in this shrieking lightning storm, you're going to love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is uh, about when we get a little glimpse of the Doc and Chakotay and Tuvok crouching over Janeway's POV back on the Galorndon core planet, and they're trying to save her. And she's put it together that Admiral Daddy is an alien presence that is trying to persuade her of something. And he's like, yeah, like, okay, so I'm an alien. You got me. But the Matrix, I didn't lie about that. The Matrix is great. I mean, I was reluctant at first, too. But then once I joined up... I was told I just had to get three more people to join the Matrix. (laughs) And then they get three people under them. And then all of a sudden, I'm at the top of the Matrix pyramid. This is going to be easy for you. You know people that are going to (laughs) die. Everyone you know is going to (laughs) die. You're a starship captain. You could probably make that happen. So this becomes kind of a an argument where he gets more and more intense and we kind of flash back and forth between this argument and the POV where the crew are trying to resuscitate the captain and they're saying that the alien is getting stronger and they need, they need to try different things to try and knock it out of her noggin. And Admiral Daddy kind of uh, drops the act a little bit. He pivots into Death Sherpa and he's frankly a little hurt that his services appear to not be needed here. Like, he's that pushy salesman that has, like, multiple strategies Mm -hmm. against a mark, and none of them are working. He's usually so good at taking souls. Janeway got a free shuttle ride to this planet as long as she would hear a presentation about a timeshare. She's finding it very hard to justify having, having come at this point. That reverse psychology moment of like, you know, most people really like this. I don't know what's the matter with you. <laughs> Her line as uh, as she finally refuses his overtures is pretty savage. One of my favorite angry Janeway moments we've ever gotten. 
go back to hell. God. I actually disagree, Ben. I think this episode is better without that line. Wow, really? I mean, there's nothing about Janeway that has been spiritual up until now, and so her use of the word hell feels kind of anachronistic to me. Mm. And also coward. Like, I don't know if coward really fits. Like, Admiral Daddy was there to do a job. It didn't work. It doesn't yeah, make him a he coward. Did, he wasn't honest about what he was and what he was trying the entire He's time. He's kind of a drac, though. You have to invite him to invite you to hell or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, he was had a to, drac. He had to subscribe to some rules. He was a space drac, but yeah. uh, I liked it. I, I really liked her uh, righteous indignation. I him. just wish she said something else. That's all. Well, I enjoyed it. Fuck you, daddy. (laughs) (laughs) And they just beep it out. Yeah. It's the one thing that's beeped in pre-Lower Decks Star Trek. Back on the planet, uh, Janeway comes to with a clip show device on her head. And the doc and Tuvok and Chakotay are there. They explained that when they found her, there was an alien inside her head that was stopping their life-saving measures. Admiral Daddy kind of said, like, Eventually, you are going to die, and I'll be there waiting for you. Yeah. And feeding off of your soul or whatever. I wondered if he wound up just kind of going dormant, like chicken pox, you know? Yeah, like the way he puts it is very clinical. Like, you're going to nourish me (laughs) when you die. You're going to nourish me. (laughs) Yeah, I wondered about that. Um Is she actually out of the danger zone or is... This is such a Star Trek question. How do you know you're out of the time loop ever? Or not a clone or not a robot or any permutation of that? It is not asked in this episode. Uh, The button on the episode is a little scene with the captain and Chakotay in her office. He brings her a beautiful rose, a single rose... There's a captain in the starship in the Delta Quadrant. You should know she wants to fuck Chakote. Did you know that when she died, her father came out of a I'm but whole and tried to kill her. <laughs> Baby, I compare you to a Voyager episode. The thing about this scene is Chicote had to walk through the bridge with a single rose into the ready room <laughs> to give it to Janeway. Yeah. And we don't see that scene because it would look weird as hell. Yeah. Like, there would be that moment where Kim would talk to Tuvok using that, like, Soto Voce <laughs> comm system that they've got. Like, hey, see Chicote? Is, is that a rose? The hell is that about? I do not believe that is any of your concern. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think, like, that's not a red rose or a yellow rose? What, what does, like, splotchy rose mean? What does that signify to him? <laughs> Splotchy Rose means friends with benefits. <laughs> I mean, it seems like maybe more than that, right? Because she's like, hey, I cheated death. Want to go on a super romantic date sailing with a bottle of champagne with me? Let's do some cork soaking. <laughs> Blast him out into the ocean. <laughs> 
Let's go somewhere like the holodeck where it's really easy to squeegee up after. Another episode that ends with a celebratory vibe. Yeah. This time for just the two of them. But Ben, is this a episode that you personally celebrate? You know, I'm really easy to get along with most of the time. But I don't like bullying. I don't like friends. And I don't like you. I do celebrate this episode. I thought this was uh, pretty fun. The real challenge with a time loop every time <laughs> is can you make the, the loop not boring? And <clears throat> yeah. they didn't even get close to that as a problem, you know? The loop was so different each time. And I think TNG needed to teach the audience about the loop in a way that Voyager can kind of count on the audience to be on board for loop. And uh, I thought they did a really nice job. I thought it was a, an interesting meditation on the afterlife. And uh, there were moments where I was, uh, you know, like, oh, maybe she really is dead, you know? Like I was, uh, it, it had me wondering a, a few times. It had you hoping? <laughs> no. Chakotay couldn't handle that. I mean, these are my favorite Star Trek episodes. Cause and Effect is one of my favorites. Episodes yeah. that make characters question their reality. Episodes that repeat scenes over and over again. Mm -hmm. These are very appealing to me. There's a sort of vanity to a Star Trek episode like this, too, that's like it makes me think about my own life and my own friendships. Like when you see Janeway's crew talk about her mm -hmm. after she's dead... I mean, I can't help but think of about the one or two people that would go to my funeral, maybe, and yeah, and maybe say a couple things. Most of them are going to be in that Peloton ride with you later, <laughs> but none of them will be recording an episode with you in in between no. watching that episode yeah. of Voyager and that Peloton ride. I think if I die mid Greatest Generation project, you'll probably be recording with the alternate co-host that day. <laughs> You got a runway to build. We'll just ben. have Wendy put text into the script and, and mimic your voice, man. Yeah, that's how you do it. Yeah. Much like how we read the priority one messages, Ben, you want to see what we've got over there waiting for us? <laughs> okay. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Need a supplemental income. Supplemental income? Supplemental. Supplemental. Yeah, it's extra. But the interest alone could be enough to buy this ship. Ben, our first Priority One message is from Zach Brager. It is to all viewers everywhere. The message goes like this. When I was young and watching Voyager, Neelix's mohawk was my hair goal. Wow. TBH, to some degree it still is, LOL. He can keep his mutton chops. My beard is glorious. But that mohawk is so voluminous. <laughs> Have either Ben or Adam ever wanted to emulate the look or hairstyle from someone in Star Trek? Aside from the slickbacks and young Wesley Crusher, Zach knows what they're doing here with that parenthetical because that is that's the low hanging hair fruit yeah. right there. So taking both of them off off the list, who are your Star Trek hair goals? You know, I'm not proud of this, but I will occasionally imagine what would it be like if I cut my sideburns into a point like they yeah. do on Star Trek? Great like, call. Would yeah. people notice? Would it be would be a, would it be like a little like kind of wink wink nudge nudge? Those who know know kind of a thing. It seems like a pain in the ass to shave it because 
you probably need like a like a straight edge razor to get a clean line, right? Well, Ben, I'm doing it right now. Whoa. And that's because uh, my sideburns don't really grow in that well at all. They're so shallow that the angle of the point is almost imperceptible. I ran it by my wife once and she was, it was a hard no. <laughs> it's one of those things where I wonder how many people would actually notice. Yeah. Because there are times when I watch Star Trek where I don't notice and everyone's rocking that those same yeah. sideburns. Right. It's one of my favorite things in Star Trek is that uh, is that pointy sideburn look. Mm. So subtle. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. That's a good answer. But I don't think that's really what Zach was getting at. <laughs> Let's get to the top of the head, Ben. All right. What are the slick... The slickbacks are going for a, a data look, right? Yeah. Generally speaking, that's what a slickback uh, wants to look like. This is going to be your cheat answer, huh? No. Well, I, like... You know, when I'm in the bathroom and I and I comb my hair backwards like that, I couldn't have lived in the 60s. I would have looked like a fucking idiot, you know, <laughs> when everybody had to, like, put Brill Cream in and, and do the don't, data hair. Don't sell yourself short. You could look like an idiot in any decade. <laughs> I, t- I, t- I don't know. Do you have an answer to this question? I think the sneaky challenge to this question is how similar most hairstyles are on Star Trek. Like... Tom Paris in Voyager looks like he's rocking a modern haircut that I would love to have. Like, he's got some good height on it. He's got, like, some wave to it that's that's very nice that I wish I had. The problem with my hair as it is right now is that it's so fine that it tends to just lie flat. Yeah. And I wish I could get more height and volume out of it. So when I when I look at the hairstyles of Star Trek that I would want to have for myself, I look at Tom Paris and I'm like, yeah, that I wish... I had height and curl a little bit because as it is like I have Harry Kim hair basically it's just straight and if I wanted to put anything in it it would look like that it would just look yeah hard and shiny yeah I think that anytime I've gotten tempted to have hair that has like a volume aspect to it a a, a prop it up with a product mm-hmm. aspect to it I've quickly realized that I'm not equal to the task of doing that every morning yeah, to let you know. it work. That's what makes your answer of Jordy LaForge really interesting to me and also kind of controversial. So I'll be interested in hearing how the Friends of DeSoto react <laughs> to that. Sorry, Zach. <laughs> Our next priority one message is from Julian. The boy? The boy. And it's to Dammy. Goes like this. I am so excited to meet my new friend, baby. Nakeways? I mean. Nakeways? Sorry, I meant. Nakeways? Congratulations on baby. Nakeways? Team. The suggestion here is that Dammy named their baby. Nakeways? I think that Dammy may have named their baby. Nakeways? I mean, at least it's not a name that ends in E-N, as so many little kids are named these days. Like, <laughs> they could have gone with Nakeways? N. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like everybody in preschool, it's like, there's Aiden, there's Caden, there's Jaden, there's Nakeways? Ben. Right. So good job by Dammy, and good job by, by Julian, the boy. Yeah, thanks for getting a Priority One message. If you listening would like to get one, head to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. Set it up. Hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? Did you find yourself... A drunk Shimoda. Drunk Shimoda. I gotta give it to the bosun, the guy with the whistle at the funeral. Mm. 
caught my eye, seemed weird, seemed out of place, seemed like noticeably older than everyone else on the crew, never seen him before, and was serving a very important function at Janeway's funeral. <laughs> it's like when you have a wedding, you like ask significant people in your life to perform different functions like that. Right. I remember when you asked me to clean up mm-hmm. at your right. wedding. Exactly. And I did kind of a half-assed job. And like, um, you know, at a funeral, like the pallbearers are often people that are, are very significant members of the family. But uh, yeah, like I wanted to know all about this bosun. And, and I was so distracted for so much of this episode at the at the appearance and disappearance of this bosun that uh, that guy is my drunk Shimoda. Wow. I really didn't care that much about him. But, uh, <laughs> but now I do. <laughs> Ben, my drunk Shimoda is going to be Chakotay, and it could have been for all of the great acting that Robert Beltran did up and down this episode, but I'm going to make Chakotay my Shimoda for one scene in particular, which is, if you are basically the captain after your previous captain dies, Mm. I think you are obligated to speak at the dying captain's funeral. Hmm. And that he is basically just the MC for it. <laughs> well, and usually the not... MC comes on and does, you know, a tight five before introducing the first act. I mean, maybe we just didn't get that on screen. Yeah, I think that he... they cut that stuff out because it was kind of it's not really well developed material. He's not a he's not a established act. Next up on the mic, put your hands together for Harry Kim. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder about an episode that has the opportunity to tell us more about who Chakotay is with a moment like that, because we learn a lot about Chakotay in his grief, Yeah, but it has been a long, long time since we've seen him lead as a member of the Maquis, Yeah, and I would have liked a reminder of what it would have been like for a Captain Chakotay to be running things. We get a little bit in the McLaughlin group, but like... There's the other aspect of, of leading this crew. It's not just delegating tasks, it's inspiration. Yeah. And this was a moment for that that we didn't get. And I think if it was Chicote's choice to avoid that moment, uh, that makes him my Shimoda. Objection noted. We'll do this without you. Do it. Do it. Do it. Well, Adam, our next episode is season three, episode 16, Blood Fever. Ensign Vorik expresses his desire to mate with Balana during his ponfar. Wow. After they get in a brawl over the matter, Torres begins showing signs of ponfar herself. So BLT doesn't just say no. She throws hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Vorik catches those hands, but then she catches ponfar from him. You know, speaking of hairstyles... One hairstyle we didn't mention in the P1 as being very aspirational, the uh, the Vorik hair from yeah. the Luau. Yeah, he looked good in that Luau. Wow, I'm excited to see what kind of hair he's rocking in this upcoming episode. It's probably going to be tussled yeah. after his tussle with BLT. Think he'll be ready for fun in the sun? Yeah. I know how you will be doing the next episode, Adam. <laughs> but how Ouch. will we be doing the next episode? Jeez, Ben. That hurts. Why does it hurt? Why? It's fair. It's totally fair. Why does it hurt? What hurts about it? Nothing. Nothing hurts. 
Nothing makes me feel anything. The thing that hurt was I drove around doing errands, getting ready for t- today's episode and got here right. and- I, I hurt you. I was the one. I'm the harmed party. It's true. You're required to learn as you play. Roll. Ben, our runabout <laughs> is on the Coco Nono square. That's square 12. It's in the second row of the game of buttholes, Will of the Caretaker. Okay. Where we will be condemned Coda-like forever. <laughs> Let's see where we end up next. I don't think anything can hurt us here. Oh, wait. I guess, uh, I guess a Quark's bar is a six. Oh, fuck. See if I get that. That would be, you would have to drink like beers and PG drinks, I guess, if we hit that. Ben, I've rolled a four. Chula! Did I win? Hardly. Which is, for me, another regular old episode. <laughs> and just two squares away from a Quark's Bar app, which, if you were to hit on your next roll, I may or may not participate in. So, that's how it's going for me these It's really days. nice to know that uh, I have the support and esprit de coeur of my podcast partner you know what you complain about this and i'm gesturing like with a hand between you and me Uh uh-huh this is one of the best episodes we've ever done i didn't feel that way i felt bad about it (laughs) well at least we'll get another chance next week ben and uh for the opportunity we have some people to thank oh that's true we got to thank the friends of desoto who support this show by going to maximumfun.org Slash join. Um, the Max Fun Drive is coming up, so we would uh, really appreciate some new supporters in that. Um, if you'd like to spread the word about the show, there's lots of great ways to do it. You think of a person in your life that you think might enjoy it, you recommend it to them personally, or you use the hashtag greatestgen on social media and talk about why you like the show. You open up an email. You make the subject line, hey, check out this show. Yeah. And then in the two line, not the BCC line, the two line, you stick every contact you have yeah. in your address book there. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the body text, all you have to write is, listen to The Greatest Generation. And then drop a link. Yeah, and then drop a link, and then watch the reply alls happen. That's how it's done. That's how, that's how you do it. That's how Sarus Faravar got our show popular way yeah. back when. Yeah. It was the Ars Technica article, but it was also a workplace email Yeah, Just that really set it emailed up. Emailed everybody that worked at Ars Technica at the time. Yeah. Which was thousands of people. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, those were the days, huh? Yeah. We got to thank the card daddy, Bill Tilly, who runs the at greatest trick social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter. Real fun stuff going on over there on those accounts. I think you'll enjoy it if you follow it. Use the hashtag GreatestGen if you're out there too. If you're out there in those social media streets. Yeah. What's stopping you? If you don't want to make friends, don't use the hashtag. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we got to thank the uh, the Goose, Adam Ragusia, for uh, making the original theme music of this podcast. And of course, Dark Materia who made the uh, the, Park, the Picard song upon which all of that stuff is loosely based. Uh, the Goose, of course, getting back into the podcasting game. So keep an eye, keep your eyes peeled for that. Oh, yeah. Keep your ears peeled for that. And with that, we will be back at you next week with another great episode of Star Trek Voyager and an episode of The Greatest Generation Voyager where uh, the hosts get into a bit of a brawl. 
I wonder which one of us is going to get extremely horny as a result. Yeah. Probably both. Sex and violence, man. Best. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.